Good morning, Mendocino County and beyond. You are listening to Wild Oak Living. This is Johanna Wild Oak. I bring you this program every other Thursday from 9 until 10 a.m. This program is all about living sustainably and building community in Mendocino County and beyond. Today, we're going to be listening to an interview I did with Danila Sands, who runs the organization called United Disaster Relief of Northern California, and how we can help support it with a fundraiser that they have coming up. And then we're going to be joined by Joanne Rosen, who is a local psychotherapist and Buddhist meditation teacher, and she's going to talk to us about a retreat coming up. Stay tuned for all of that and more here on Wild Oak Living. Good morning, Daniela. Welcome to Wild Oak Living. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to have you um, back again. We talked a while ago when, when you first started this organization, and it's really wonderful to revisit with you and to find out what's been happening in the meantime. I've also been reading a lot about the work your organization has been doing in the meantime and some of the amazing help that you've been able to give to our people in our community. And so, and you have a fundraiser coming up, which is very, very important for the mission of your organization. And so I thought this would be a good time to share with our listeners what you've been doing and what you are hoping to do in the future. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've come a long way. Yeah, you have. Let's, speaking of which, let's talk a bit about, first of all, uh, maybe give a, a, just a bit of a background about you and your involvement in this organization and what inspired you to do it all. And then let's talk a bit about, uh, you know, where you got started and how far you've come. Yeah. And then we'll talk about the fundraiser. Okay. I'll give you a quick background. Um, I think prior to the Valley Fire, maybe a year before, I remember a friend of ours had lost their home in a house fire um, on Christmas morning. And we had taken to social media. And back then, it was more bulletin boards than it was Facebook um, through email chains, right? And Craigslist and stuff. And we put this call out to the community that this child had lost, you know, train sets and other items as if it was, you know, it was Christmas morning the fire happened. And I just remember that, you know, brilliant feeling of community and people coming together with gift cards and brand new toys from stores, uh, from businesses and community members. And then the Valley Fire happened shortly after that in 2015. And once again, the community just rallied together and bringing in donations. So I had seen behind Slam Dunk Pizza, Stephanie and Matt Duncan had organized kind of a caravan of trucks pulling in and uh, getting items and then hauling it out to donation centers that had set up temporarily in uh, Lake Fort and Lake County for a Valley Fire. And I, you know, felt compelled to go. I had a truck. Why not? We didn't have anything to do. Uh, So we drove out and we found um, Seventh-day Adventist Church and they were putting the donations in different rooms. They were cooking 500 meals a day. Um, so I, I found my place there and helped out. And when the main guy was not managing, I found myself managing don- donations or food or whatever needed to be done. And I saw what worked and didn't work. But but I really just saw, you know, the community come together and this massive effort to help other people. And that just was inspiring and empowering when done right. Um, so within a couple of years, obviously, our Redwood Fire happened along with all the other fires across California. So once I knew that my home was safe, which was pretty close, um, I didn't know about family and friends at that time. 
that my mother and my brother-in-law had gotten out safely, I took to Facebook at two o'clock in the morning, um, the day after on the ninth. And it got, I, I think it grew to like 8,000, um, pretty quick. And now it's over 31,000. But by using that social media platform, we were able to organize, uh, much bigger efforts, which included United Disaster Relief of Northern California. So when, when there was a new fire, when there was a new disaster, when there was a new, uh, donation need, um, the community just, you know, rallied together to meet that need. So it's kind of a connect the dot place, if you will. Today we have grown, uh, closer to, you know, 40 volunteers as an all volunteer staff. We went from a little storefront to a warehouse with, you know, no running electricity, barely any lighting to now a 7,200 square foot space, uh, with water, laundry facilities, a kitchen, um, just, you know, really amazing atmosphere to volunteer around. A lot of other people here that help feel the same way to be compelled, inspired, you know, feel reward to give back to the community. And, uh, Dr. Rice and Dr. Summers has, um, given us that benefit to be here at a discounted rate. We should say that your location is the former Mendocino Animal Hospital on Airport Road. Yeah, 1240 Airport Park Boulevard um, in Ukiah between Tractor Supply and uh, Panda Express. And so one of the really real advantages, it seems to me, of this org- of this location is that it's easily accessible. People can come to you and can find you easily. And you have the room and the space. Like you said, you have the room and the space to set up both goods as well as house all those volunteers and give them a good space to work in. Yeah, it's right off the freeway in Talmadge. It's all about location, location. A lot of our volunteers work uh, live like a mile away from the center, so that helps too. Yeah. And we partnered with a lot of the businesses next to us, which has been really instrumental. So the, you know, the new hotel here, the owner has partnered with us, uh, Starbucks, uh, Tractor Supply, Walmart, Freedman's. Uh, a lot of these people right next to us, the savings bank, have, you know, gathered in support for us. That's great to hear. I've also read a, a recent article about uh, some of the uh, wonderful help that you've provided to the people who got uh, trapped in, in this situation in Willits at uh, Creekside. A road washed out and then people couldn't get out. And you were one of the first and maybe only organizations, nonprofit organizations, that was able to step in and help people. Yeah, we went uh, immediately during the event, um, even at times when we were told it might not be safe. I would never put my volunteers in an unsafe situation, but we felt going through a neighbor's property um, that we would be okay. And um, other than it being super cold at times, 20 degrees, and we came bundled up, those poor, poor clients out there. Um, but we brought in supplies that the community brought to us or that we've gotten off of our disaster relief trucks, bringing in blankets, sleeping bags, flashlights, batteries, feminine hygiene, toilet paper was a big one, clean water was another big one, um, food, non-perishable items. And then eventually we worked with World Central Kitchen, which is a nationally recognized organization. So while they were helping us get hot meals to give to them, they're also helping in Ukraine, you know? So it was just, it was just brilliant to work with. Uh, other amazing people that have the same mission. And then today we're helping them with uh, rental assistance or finding new rental places or trailer parks. And we have partnered with um, Department of Social Services 
uh, and North Coast opportunities to meet those goals. It seems it seems your organization fills a very important role in in terms of uh, not only helping people directly by providing them with goods and and things that they need, like you just described, but also helping people navigate the various sources of help that might be out there who maybe are hard, either hard to reach or hard to work with or require a lot of paperwork that's hard to accomplish. So I think you also seem to fill a very important role in that context. We have had a lot of experience with that. Some of our clients are actually, or some of our volunteers, excuse me, are former clients. Um, so they also understand that struggle. Uh, we kind of keep the focus with the client on the end goal, the recovery path to get them back into the community. And we also um, keep them privy to any new grants and then the deadlines, and then if they need help filling out that paperwork. So, for example, with Creekside, we help them put together, you know, 20, 30-page document sets for their appeal process, helping them fax it as well. Um, when this new um, pr- uh, this new opportunity came up, this new resource with these free attorneys to also help them with the appeal process, we made that available to them and reminded them about the phone number to call and the deadline um, which is what is really neat about the fact that we've been doing this so long as we've built up a trust and credibility in the community. So, you know, we have the American Red Cross that comes to our center to meet with their clients and mm-hmm. send referrals. Um, they sit in here in our office or our conference room. Um, Sushi Buddhist Foundation also comes here and meets with clients, um, especially when the Hopkins fire happened. Uh, Creekside FEMA representative came in-house and sat in our conference room and said it was their first time they ever met with a client in air conditioning building, <laughs> you know? So it was just, it was just really neat to see that. Uh, we had another volunteer last Friday and I'm just super proud of my volunteers, uh, met with one of our Creekside clients. It was on the phone with FEMA uh, for two hours and eventually got them their $1,900 check secured. So, you know, that that's just the, the neat thing here. We multi-train our volunteers to be able to do different tasks, whether it be folding the laundry, answering phones, uh, you know, really advocating for the clients. And it, it, it feels really good to help other people. You mentioned before something that uh, I want to talk about a bit more, and that is you provide more than just short-term immediate help when there's emergency. You mentioned you set a goal for your client to get them back into the community. And my understanding is that you have sort of a one to three year horizon for that. Yes. So we set uh, recovery plans in writing with our clients. It's really important. If you've ever heard any motivational speaker talk, it's really important to have a few short-term tangible goals and then some long-term eventually. But what we do is we take that goal they have and really break it down in little baby steps that are more, you know, easily accessible for them to kind of really look at it. So let's say it's something like, I want to get a modular home. Well, that seems very big. You know, that seems like a really big task to, to take in the next year. Let's, let's break that down. Okay. You want to get a home. Maybe your first step is researching. Do I want a modular? Do I want a trailer? Do I want a tiny home? So maybe just going online and looking at photos. The second goal is, you know, looking at different grants or filling out a grant. You know, the third thing would be, you know, and so on and looking for a contractor that I trust, you know, Maybe you need to even start that goal a little smaller 
And maybe your first goal would be put in a foundation because the foundation might only be, you know, five, 10,000 compared to the $200,000 goal. And so when they see that they can check off these steps, we're putting the power back in the client. You know what I mean? We're really empowering them and giving them that ability to know that they will get through this as a survivor. We're moving them from victim to survivor and we're giving them the keys and tools to do that. Um, the little things in the store is just, is just a piece of the puzzle of what we do here. We also have in-house counseling. We have a massage chair. We're all about the whole 360 of the recovery process. In the recent article in the Ukiah Daily Journal, I read about your organization and your event coming up. What was, what was striking to, to me is that the people that you are working with, your clients, they feel taken care of. They feel, they feel safe for the first time since the, whatever disaster uh, hit them happened to them. And I think that's such a wonderful testimony to w the work that you do. Thank you. Yeah. And, and a big part of that is this building. You know, we were in a warehouse, which was very dark. Uh, insulation was showing, you know, cement ground, no running water, no bathroom. Um, the lighting was very, you know, hanging from the ceiling, you know, <laughs> that's the whole warehouse kind of look. Um, today we have these uh, beautiful white, painted walls and open windows and air conditioning, heating, uh, working restrooms, a sink in every room because it used to be a, you know, animal hospital, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we work with Fort Bragg Food Bank. So we have these big, beautiful industrial uh, fridges and freezers full of fresh produce and dairy. Um, so it's like, you know, a one-stop hub, if you will. So they, they come in here and they can help themselves to the office. They can sit in the reception room. They can sit in the break room. We, we kind of, we, it's, it's their space. We make it that way, you know, and then our volunteers are choosing to be here. They're not being paid. They don't have to show up. They want to be here. And I, I believe that, you know, brushes off on the client, if you will, that these people care. They want to listen to their story. They want to help them. You know, this is not a forced situation. You yeah. know, this, this is, this is equal here. So. I'm really glad to hear that they feel safe when they're here. And I would just like to invite all of us to imagine what it feels like to be in a situation where your house has just burned down or a flood has ruined your living space or whatever disaster. I mean, I'm sure you have a much longer list than I can think of right now in terms of the disasters that can befall people that make it unable for them to to live in safely in their space anymore. Um, and what that feels like then to not know where to turn and, and who to talk to and who can help and then to be able to go to an organization like yours in a building like yours to in a beautiful building like yours with helpful people to, to take the next step and, and, and return hopefully at some point to a normal life again. Right. Right. That's the, that's the point here, you know, and that, that's why we're this event that's coming up is, uh, really, you know, close to my heart and important. Uh, we're, we're putting it on at the Ukiah Valley Conference Center and, uh, Wendy DeWitt is known for her boogie woogie on the piano. Or she's, a, boogie -woogie. she's known worldwide. I have yeah. learned she, yeah. she tours, she tours around the world and gives concerts and is yeah. well known in Europe. Yeah. I, I, I was, I was really amazed that we have such a wonderful artist right here in our community. Yeah. And she's definitely, she's super sweet. Um, she works with the local groups. Uh, she supports what we're doing. And uh, we also have 
the Ukiah Host Lions Club will be doing a no-host bar. We have Ellery Clark Catering is going to be doing a catered dinner. So that'd be really nice to have the full fixings. There'll be some vegan and gluten-free options as well. And um, May 20th, 5 to 8. And we have a lot, a lot of silent auction items that have come in, over 50 items. So a helicopter ride, uh, Airbnb to the new Ridgewood Ranch up there by Seabiscuit. They just opened up that. And then one in Albion as well. Uh, so there's just going to be some really neat items. And, you know, the whole focus of it, is to raise awareness about what we're doing. If you don't already know, uh, continued support, uh, having people meet each other and to raise the funds to secure our building because um, there is no other center like us. We've searched. Um, there's some that come close, but nothing like ours. And we hope, you know, we can continue to secure our building. And someday, as the Senator Mike McGuire had said, you know, we could be the blueprint for other counties. There should be more like this throughout you know, the state. And I, and I think, um, everyone in our community is, is a potential client. Everyone can, you know, is, might at some point need your help. And so I, it, and, and you are a community, local community based organization. So I think, I think, uh, everyone in the community should, should feel like, um, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I can't advocate on your behalf, but I, you know, as a member of the community, you know, I think I would feel I might need this organization someday. I want them to be here and I want them to be in this space that they have now because they can do good work there. Um, and so, so the challenge with the building is that you currently don't own it. You're renting it and, and, uh, you would like to secure it by, by buying the building, right? Is that the plan? Right. Yeah. Correct. Our first goal is the $250,000 to raise that. Um, and then we'll be able to make some, you know, business decisions on the rest. Um, but the, the, the current owners, Dr. Rice, Dr. Somers and their respectful partners, um, uh, really want to see us in this building. They really want to help give back to the community. Um, they've been instrumental for, you know, 20, 30 years, the service work that they did around animals. Um, and they, they really want to see this happen and, and they've been a great support. So the, so the main goal for this event on May 20th is, is to raise funds towards that 250,000 that you need to secure the building. Correct. And in addition, of course, helping to get the word out and providing an enjoyable evening for people, I would assume it sounds like. Oh yeah. I, I think it's going to be great. It really is. You know, it's, it's five o'clock doors open. We're serving dinner at six. Uh, then there's music throughout the night, you know, the silent auctions at 715. Um, the evening ends at eight, but, uh, it, it's just going to be, it's, you know, it's kind of black and gold theme. It's, it's going to be really nice. So, so tell me how people can, uh, uh, either, uh, sign up for your event or donate in general. If they can't make the event, what, what are, maybe your website or any other? Yeah. Yeah. So they can get tickets in person at the Mendocino Book Company on School Street during their open hours or at United Disaster Relief of Northern California down here at 1240 Airport Park Boulevard, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And they can get it online at Brown Paper Tickets by just searching Ukiah Events. You'll see us pop up there. Or our website at udrnc.org. There's a section for events. Also on our Facebook, there's a section for events. Um, you can definitely do it online there as well. And if you can't make it, you can always donate. 
you know, you can always donate towards the cause. We'll, we're going to continue to be here. We've only um, gone up and we've only checked off. We could, I mean, just every day I wake up just amazed by all the successes that our team has accomplished already. All the goals that we set the pre- previous years, we keep checking them off and, um, we're going to continue to be here for our community. And we hope that we can continue to have our community support along the way. And people can donate directly on your website. They can. There's three options. If you go to the main page at ubrnc.org, it's get help, uh, volunteer or donate. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a really quick, easy link. And uh, it's a really nice website. We encourage everyone to take a look at it. Whether you're a, a disaster victim or a donor or you want to volunteer, there are some really brilliant videos put together by Kirk Fuller Media on there. So one gives you a whole tour of the place. The other ones show you our recent work at Creekside, volunteers, and then an opportunity to donate kind of video. And again, that website website is UD. UDRNC.org. So that's the acronym for United Disaster Relief of Northern California. We have a few minutes left in, in, in our interview. And so I would like to invite you to perhaps share a story or two, something that's touched your heart recently or something that illustrates, you know, the work that you do and how it impacts the life of your clients. Yeah. So some of the things that we do is kind of get everybody in the same room and that are uh, important in that, that client's uh, recovery process. So, for example, we had a lady that wanted to get her modular, and she couldn't understand why it was taking so long. So we had, you know, the contractor, we had the company that was going to do the modular home, her family member that was helping with her insurance fund and herself. We kind of put them all in the same room, and we said, hey, you know, where are the missing pieces here? How can we help each other out? And by doing that, we were able to see, what was still needed to be done to help along the process. And then within a couple of weeks, I tell you, the foundation started to be built. And then within a couple of weeks after that, her modular got put in, you know, and then a couple of weeks later, as we're still working with all these key players, uh, the modular got you know put together and then slowly, but surely it was signed off by the County she came in, she's got her keys in her hand. She could, you know, she didn't have to come down. She wasn't getting anything, but she came down to like, you know, wiggle her keys and just, you know, show off. And she's a very kind of animated person already, but she's got these, you know, dangly pink keys, if you will. And she's like, I did it. I got it. Woo. And she's like, now, when can you move my furniture in? You know, <laughs> because we also give furniture. We also deliver it. So we, we delivered a couple loads of beds and dressers and TVs that the community has donated. But it was just really neat to see that happen. And um, and all it took was, you know, our volunteers just sitting down with all the key players and say, hey, how can we make this happen? What do we need to do to support her? You know, and it's just because it's very stressful in that process. So we just. We have many things like that. Like I said, with Friday, with our volunteer, you know, our, our poor client from Creekside, this happened in January, February, FEMA, two, three months, he hadn't gotten that check. And our volunteer sat in that room for two hours with FEMA to figure out that, you know, a check just had been mailed to the wrong place. That's all it was. It was a simple clerical error. But for him to sit on the phone was, was just stressful and over, over, you know, so 
And they sorted it out. A new check would be mailed out and all the other documents that he needs to help him along the way too. So this is the things that we do is just kind of break down the pieces, look at the facts and help them out when they're very frazzled, at, you know, at no fault of their own and, and sort out the mess and help put the pieces back together. Yeah, that, that's, a, I think that's an important thing you just said when people are frazzled, you know, when something, something befalls you and, and a disaster befalls you, uh, you're, uh, you're often not in, in the perfect state of mind anyway. And then suddenly you're having to deal with organizations whose job it should be to help you, but you know, who, who maybe are overwhelmed themselves or understaffed or whatever. And then to have somebody like you and your organization come in to help. It sounds to me like it would make a big difference. It does. It truly does. We've seen it firsthand. So I, I'm just, I feel honored to be a part of such a big movement. And we are in May now. And so fire season is coming up again now that the flood season is over. I, I think the first little, little, little one we had was actually on Earth Day. I marked it there. And uh, we've started to see started to see the kind of escape control burns. Now we just had a little bit of rain, so that might pause it for a day again. Um, but yeah. I guess my, my point is let's let's hope that, that there won't be a, a big fire that will, you know, put a call on your organization for a lot of help. But but it's it's good that you're there and it's good that you do the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Thank you. because we never know what's gonna happen. Um so is there we is there something that you would like to share with us that I haven't asked you about and maybe perhaps talk about quickly about the event again in case people have missed some of the information? Uh, yeah. So we, ha- I mean, we have the event on our uh, website that udrnc.org on the bottom left down there, there's an event tag. You can click on it. Any other ongoing events as well. We also have it on the Facebook page. Um, United Disaster Relief there. You can find on the events. You can come down in person. We've got flyers throughout town. We have little mailers. Um, the important thing is to, you know, have people purchase a ticket. They might think $100 is a lot, but it really it isn't because you're getting a uh, live music by someone a little popular there and a uh, uh, catered dinner by Ellery Clark. And then there's silent auction. You're mingling. I mean, it's just you're giving back to a charity. You know, so it's it's a really great opportunity to help someone in your community. And if if you can't come or you can't afford that, you can always donate in other ways. And we have a, a fact page on the website as well under the FAQ. So if you want to know what you can and cannot donate, you can always check out that page as well. There's even an Amazon version. That was going to be my next question is how in what other ways can people support you in terms of, of donating funds, but also donating goods or services? Yeah, we have, you know, even volunteering makes mm-hmm. a huge difference. We have a lady that comes in one hour a week and she's been wonderful. You know, we have people that commit to certain days and then we have people that just spontaneously come as, you know, they're coming through town running errands. And it just, it's just made, it's made a huge difference. I can tell you, we've amped our services up by 300% do this new building and the amount of volunteers that, you know, coming and helping. Uh, we've been able to start other programs in itself here. So you can either donate financially, you can donate a material goods that's on our needs list, or you can donate financially or spread the word. I think what you just said about how you've been able to amp up your volunteerism and, and thereby, you know, enlarging the, the, the services that you can provide to the community because of this building that you're in. 
because it's so suited to the work that you do and how important it is for you to secure that building. Thank you. Yes. And maybe, and maybe some angels will step forward and, you know, take you a big step forward towards securing the building. I truly, truly believe that. I'm, I'm a very positive, optimistic person. I believe in positive affirmations. I, I, I truly believe it's just right around the corner. And until then, we've had some uh, people, you know, just kind of like chip at it here and there. You know, the co-op later today, there'll be a surprise on our page. There might be a little surprise check from them. So um, little things like that have been super helpful. But I do believe, I do believe there's a person out there that really has been watching us grow and wants to make a huge, you know, support part of it. And, and uh- Maybe, maybe all, uh, I think it's uh, important for all of us, you know, just to see you thrive so that you're there in case one of us needs you. It's true. We're all, you know, it's like all of our clients are, are just like us. They just have different circumstances going on right now. That's it. You know, and one client had mentioned in a, in a board meeting a while back, he's like, we're just one separation away. You know, that's, that's all it is. And these people that come here, uh, that lost their homes and disasters, they're, they're doctors, they're nurses, they're teachers, they're your moms, they're your grandmas, they're your next door neighbors. They are human beings that have had something happen to them at no fault of their own. And they need the community. They need our center to get them through whatever they're going through in this moment so they can return back to civilization a few years down the road. Short-term recovery is one to three years. Long-term is three to five. So one of our big things that we do is bring awareness that it's not this instant, you know, fires out, they're recovered. Yeah. And you are community-based. You are unique. You are a one-of-a-kind right now. As of right now, we hope someday there'll be more of us throughout the state. Absolutely. Or the United States. And completely, completely local. I think that's that's one of the aspects I think that makes your work so unique and so important as well. Well, thank you, Danilla Sands, for joining us on Wild Oak Living this morning. And thank you so much for all the work you do, you and your volunteers and all the people and organizations that support you. I wish you all the best for the event again, May 20th, it is? Yes, May 20th. And you can get tickets. Can you just quickly say where people can get tickets again? Mendocino Book Company or at our center at 1240 Airport Park Boulevard, or brown paper tickets online. Thank you so much, Daniela Sands, and all the best for you and for United Disaster Relief of Northern California. Thank you, Johanna. Appreciate you. I'd like to welcome to Wild Oak Living Joanne Rosen, a local psychotherapist and Buddhist meditation teacher. Welcome back to Wild Oak Living, Joanne. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here. And uh, I so enjoyed your program last week, talking about how we want a better catastrophe. And uh, so that was something that I felt like I'm in the throes of working with. And so that this might be a good opportunity to let folks know uh, what's coming up uh, at the end of May for uh, learning how to manage our own catastrophes in a better way. Yes, and that's actually the reason I invited you to be on the program today because it seemed it seemed to me a, a nice juxtaposition of an event that you have coming up that relates to 
what we talked about in that program a couple of weeks ago, and also just sort of in general, yeah, it's it's usefulness in in the times that we live in. I recall the program that we did during the pandemic, where we invited people to call in and, and talk to us about how they were tr- tr- dealing with trauma and with the stress of the situation that that of that we were living through. And um, I think we're sort of in in this ongoing. Uh, situation of, of stress. You know, we just lived through the pandemic. We're dealing with the climate crisis. Uh, in, in the meantime, there's also a war in Europe. And so it's, it's creating this general climate, I think, of, of just sort of bouncing from one thing to another, but never quite, at least I personally feel like never quite landing somewhere and going, Oh, okay. <laughs> now we can rest for a bit before we right. go on to the next crisis. And so. My understanding is that um, you you address this this kind of situation of how to deal with that in your work and in this um, upcoming workshop. And so I'd like us to to just talk a bit about what you're planning to do and and how this relates to what we're experiencing right now. Oh, great. Well, I think what you're saying in in different words is that we're we're hoping for outer stability to happen. And we're kind of waiting for that in order to feel balanced. But I'm afraid that we can't wait for outer stability to have inner stability. And I think that's the bad news. And the good news is that we can have inner stability without the outer stability, or at at least more stability than we currently have. Uh, That I don't think people really understand their own biology and what they're feeling and how they have more agency than they would have imagined over feeling more at ease, more clarity and, uh, more strength and resilience that it's, it's actually not that hard to go on that road of creating a, a better platform, uh, internally. So, um, you know, we're learning in psychotherapy that while it was very important to have a, a therapist who was uh, kind and considerate and compassionate and connecting, that uh, all the talking actually didn't change the internal experience that much. And that the addition of getting some neuroeducation and then learning how to kind of drive our own nervous system is super helpful in in confronting all the chaos that's external. And that a lot of what we've learned in neuroscience is actually very well paralleled in mindfulness meditation. And that both of those things, the Somatic experiencing approaches and in psychotherapy today, that's kind of the leading edge of, of trauma and toxic stress treatment is very, very similar to mindfulness meditation. And they both actually change the physiology of the brain and that learning how that's done and what are the the benefits and also, uh, some of the pitfalls 
uh, can be very helpful. And I'm hoping uh, that uh, at the end of the month, we're going to have a retreat that uh, covers a lot of that, but uh, explores it through expressive arts, which is also a form of meditation, really, when you think of you get relaxed, you focus intensively on something uh, in a creative way, which kind of bypasses the the monkey mind and uh and then you're in the middle of uh learning about yourself from a very different perspective when i when I read the uh, announcement um about your workshop, I seem to remember that you used the word play or playfulness is is that correct, or am I misremembering yeah. that no no um art music uh movement being with nature, all of those things tap into a relaxed joyfulness Mm -hmm. that helps the nervous system regulate so that you can touch parts of yourself that otherwise might feel scary or um, dark, but not kind of slipping down that rabbit hole. Whereas sometimes in meditation, um, especially if it isn't guided, a lot of people are practicing with the guidance of an app, you know, not the guidance of a human. Um, and they don't recognize that maybe too much concentration practice can leave them kind of dissociated or depressed or even overly anxious. Uh, by just focusing in on, okay, uh, you're feeling anxious. Well, just sit with that. And actually that's often not beneficial, but people don't have the background education and the internal experience of what is within what they call their window of tolerance and what isn't. And so we learn about that window and then we practice how to stay inside of the window of tolerance that the nervous system actually will go on automatic pilot with a fight flight freeze response if it gets out of that window. So learning to practice mindfulness, staying in that window and then having ways of play that help you stay within it uh, can be a really delightful or very satisfying way of looking deeper into ourselves. I want to learn more about that in detail, how you're planning to do that. But I want to follow up just a little bit on what you just said about how, you know, some apps or maybe some, some people who talk about meditation teach us, you know, to sit with our anxiety or to sit with our, with our so-called negative emotions Yeah, uh, is and I, I understand how that can be a problem. In fact, I think I can probably relate to it uh, personally. I, uh, I, I tend, I tend to bypass those those windows <laughs> because because you know I don't want to go down in the into the rabbit hole. Right. Um, but th- but there are some people who say you know negative feelings are just feelings; they pass, and you know if we don't if we don't give them too much importance and if we just sort of allow them to pass um and don't focus too much on the fact that they are negative um that 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 can be a good thing i wonder if you can talk about that a bit 
Uh, absolutely. You know, um, if you, it's hard, hard to do it on a radio, but if you think of, um, two parallel lines, um, within those two parallel lines, if they're going horizontally, um, you're okay. You can have a range of emotions, sad, glad, mad, surprised, you name it. But that's part of our nervous system that's coping well enough. It gets us able to survive. But if we feel a threat, if we have a perception that our physical or emotional lives are threatened, then our nervous system kicks into automatic because there's no time to figure something out. So you might need to fight or flee or in certain circumstances play dead in order to survive. And so that takes over. And what we know is that if you are in one of those more extreme states of fight, flight, freeze, and you focus in on it, then that's just a loop giving the nervous system the message, yes, you're in danger, yes, you're in danger, and it keeps escalating. And when that escalates, you can't problem solve. It bypasses your your cerebral brilliance, and then you can't function. You can't actually solve the problem to make yourself safer. All you can do is either try to outrun it or try to outfight it. And oftentimes the human isn't able to do that. So and, we yeah, go ahead. we need to think our way out and the thinking part isn't functioning. Mm-hmm. So with that sitting, you have to know, do I have the capacity in this moment to sit with these feelings without becoming overwhelmed in my nervous system? And there are ways to measure that by getting used to what is inside that window, what is outside the window. And so you learn as you have more and more capacity how to stay up close to the line without bouncing out. And that's very important. The other thing is that if you always avoid that, then your resilience takes a big dive. If you avoid that, then you avoid something else, and then you avoid something else, and pretty soon the area that you're comfortable in shrinks shrinks down to nothing. So you neither want to be overwhelmed by your nervous system, nor do you want to pamper it to such an extent that that you your muscles your are are weak. And that is the middle way of going between um, too much and not enough. Mm-hmm. Let me just take a moment to let you know, dear listeners, that you are listening to Wild Dog Living here on KZYXNZ, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. This is Johanna Wildog, and I am talking with Joanne Rosen, who is a local psychotherapist and Buddhist meditation teacher. And we are talking about meditation, how to deal with our emotions, how to stay within our comfort zone. Would you, what would you call it? <laughs> no, I, what I call it is the window of mindful opportunity, opportunity to see how we make our own suffering. And once we pop out of that, we no longer have the mindfulness to concentrate and really have insight. 
into what's happening for us. We're just freaking out. So talk to us about about the workshop and and and, and what we might learn if we attend. Okay. Well, I would call it a retreat. Uh, it's in the Plum Village tradition, which is very different than a, a Vipassana or a Zen retreat where you will sit and walk all day long. Uh, this is, uh, mindfulness on the hoof. We, we start in the morning with, uh, meditation and movement, uh, some kind of vigorous exercise. We have, um, three wonderful vegan meals, uh, a day that are silent meals. Uh, so we can really focus in on what we're doing. Um, but the retreat itself is not silent. It has a, a half, half silent, half, uh, relational. We're taking advantage of, uh, getting to know other practitioners and having them help us regulate into a more quiet space so that there's a lot of power in, uh, practicing with a group. Uh, we'll have, uh, some teaching in the morning. Uh, followed by walking in uh, the absolute glory of this particular spring with uh, the abundant flowers. And then uh, after some uh, deep relaxation uh, in the afternoon, we'll move into using what we learned in the morning uh, through the play in the afternoon of either uh, visual arts, uh, um, writing, uh movement uh or uh or taking a nature uh excursion so then in the evening uh we will harvest the the bounty that came from the afternoon and the morning in ways that are creative and playful uh interspersed with live music and uh have a short meditation in the evening and then lights out and we'll uh, we start on a Friday afternoon, and we go through Monday afternoon. So uh, it should and this be is happening fun. here locally. Yes, it happens at Mariposa Institute, the old Mariposa School up Low Gap Road. Uh, mostly, people will be camping out to be uh, extra independent, and uh, we do have two dormitories that people can use. Um, and, uh, it's a sliding scale and we're doing our best to accommodate, uh, everyone. So far, uh, we've got about 30 people signed up and they run the whole gamut from the early twenties, uh, up until 80. And uh, it's, it's not, um, your run of the mill old white people. It's a real mixture of you name it, uh, every, Shade and pronoun, uh, every age group, including, uh, uh, several children. So, uh, it, it should be, uh, a relaxed and enjoyable event. Um, and let's see, how would people know about it? Um, remind you, us again about the dates. Uh, it's the Memorial Weekend, the 26th of May to the 29th. Mm-hmm. And uh, they could contact me and I could send them the information. It's uh, my email is Joanne Rosen, J-O-A-N-N-R-O-S-E-N at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we'll, re- we'll repeat that 
at the end of the interview in in a few minutes. Okay. Um, it it sounds it sounds so. You said Friday Friday afternoon until Sunday. Is that a day? Monday. Oh, it's, Friday till Monday. Oh, yes. that's right because Monday is also a holiday. Yes. Day weekend, right? Yes. Yeah. And um, and you already mentioned uh, people of all ages, children to people in their eighties. That's going to be provide a really interesting perspective because you know people are in so many different points in their lives. You bet. And I should also say that even though it's a Buddhist retreat, um, it's a a lineage that really encourages people to honor their root traditions. It isn't a now you're a Buddhist kind of thing. This is a a lifestyle and a a philosophy, but it, it is not a religion in the way that Plum Village uh, holds it. So uh, you don't need any experience to come to this, and you certainly don't need to think yourself a Buddhist. Okay, that's great. So Memorial Day weekend, Friday to Monday, here locally at Mariposa. I've been there before. It's a beautiful place. Um and uh, and let's let's share your email just one more time. So it's my name, all lowercase, run together, J O A N N R O S E N at gmail dot com. Okay, and then you can send people ways of of registering for this workshop. Yes. My understanding is you also have a book coming out, and I'm looking forward to that. And and we're going to do a longer interview about that. But just give us a little taste of what's coming up. Well, it, the title is Unshakable. Um, let's see what's the, the, comes after the colon. Um, mindfulness. No. Ah, that's funny. I don't know the title <laughs> of it. Something like mindfulness meditation for collective awakening. And it starts out talking about the nervous system and how to navigate it. And then, uh, looking at all the different Buddhist teachings through that neuroscience lens and seeing how the Buddhist practice really is very much in line with uh, the latest trauma therapies and how to tell the side effects when they get uh, undesirable because that really happens. Um, and actually, uh, well, to just finish off the book, um, it leads into how to then, once you can see how an individual can be stable, you can look to how can a group be stable or unstable or un- dysregulated because we're, we're accumulating all the dysregulation in our organizations and organizations are having a very hard time right now, especially progressive ones that need to have uh, difficult conversations uh, about all the inequities that happen inside of organizations. So how to maintain an organization that's stable and unshakable, and then what can that do to offer the world some stability in this time of insanity. That sounds really fascinating and it sounds like almost almost a follow-on to the book that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I Want a Better Catastrophe by Andrew Boyd. 
Absolutely. And many of the people that he interviews in that book are people that I have also felt inspired by. And so they are also in the book. Um, (laughs) But I wish I could have interviewed them personally. Um, And just to say another resource before we get off is um, something called Cheetah House, C-H-E-E-T-A-H-H-O-U-S-E.org is something uh, from Brown University to help people who are actually having adverse effects of meditation. Um, to And the, the website is chuck full of resources and videos and understandings of how you might actually be doing harm to yourself. Not that that's the vast majority of people, but especially for people who have no guidance, um, if they notice that they're not feeling more well-prepared in their lives and, and more satisfied, that they might want to look at that before my uh, book. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> house. Dot, is it .com or .org? .org. Okay. It's, so. it's out of Brown University. Okay. Excellent. We've got a couple minutes, maybe two or three minutes left in this interview, and I just want to give you an opportunity to share with us anything I haven't asked you about and then perhaps... Uh, repeat the dates and the email contact information for your upcoming retreat. I don't know what you haven't asked me about. Okay. (laughs) I'll tell you, it's good for children. I've been teaching this very stuff in in a very not Buddhist way at Grace Hudson School for quite a few years to the second graders, actually to kindergarten through their fifth grade. Kids loved it. It was totally helpful. It's it's not something that is limited by age. I taught it in the West Bank uh, to devout Muslim women. It's something that goes cross-culture, cross-gender, cross-age, and because we're all human and, and we have limitations. So um, this not only helps us become more stable, but more compassionate with the the terrible situation that we find ourselves in, not a blaming, but a limitation given, you know, that we're only human. You know, I think that once we see what our nervous system actually is and how to regulate it and how how amazingly brilliant it is in terms of reading each other and co-regulation, but also how limited we are, by our misperceptions and our our compromised nervous systems, that we become really compassionate with each other and that a lot of judgments and conclusions just fall away and that we just like, okay, I'm just an animal. I'm I'm a pretty cool animal, but like all animals are pretty cool and that we're pretty limited. And it's no wonder we're in the predicament we're in, but we could do better. And I think with this kind of information, we can do better. And it isn't so complicated. That's one. Actually, I've had I've had the pleasure and the and the honor to, to you know to participate in your teachings before. And that's one of the things I love about your work is that you make it not complicated. <laughs> so I just want to say that as an endorsement of your work you make it you make it so that our brains and our hearts can comprehend it um, 
And Good. and that's something that I want to thank you very much for. I really appreciate having you be part of our community and being part of Wild Oak Living this morning and sharing this with you. And again, the workshop, give us the dates and your email one more time. Okay. The 26th of May to the 29th of May, which is Memorial Weekend. It's an extra day in the weekend. And uh, my email is my name, all lowercase run together, J-O-A-N-N-R-O-S-E-N at gmail.com. And I love this program. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for doing what you do. And um, I think we should probably mention in case some people are reluctant to, to email you, you do there is there is a fee for the for this retreat and and you also offer some maybe possibly some stipends yes okay so yeah. that people people should yeah. feel encouraged to contact you absolutely absolutely and it's not very expensive even in the full price okay great yeah. well thank you so much joanne and um uh, and all the best for your workshop and for your work and for your book and i look forward to having you back on wild oak living when your book comes out Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.